Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. You know what happened? The six million brought prophecy into the world because when they walked through the gas chambers, they saw what nobody saw before. I want you to know, friends, I was privileged to see soldiers late at night with a gun in their hand looking up to the sky. I can swear to you they saw what nobody saw before and they felt what nobody will ever feel again. I've been privileged to hold hands of wounded soldiers. They're waiting for Mashiach to bring them their eyes, their feet, their souls, their hearts. And they feel what nobody felt before. But you know, my friends, what keeps us going? One little prophecy, one little prophecy. Oh, Yisha.
Shalom, shalom. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you.
J.M. in the A.M. Well, lots of O.G. Shema selections to open up a, a Wednesday morning broadcast here at J.M. in the A.M. And uh, the reason is, and many of you know this already, the way word travels these days, we are celebrating the engagement of uh, Benjamin Siegel to Kayla Levinson. Mazal tov, mazal tov, mazal tov. We have had the opportunity, Baruch Hashem, the incredible and amazing opportunity over these years, over these decades to share with this incredible audience some wonderful news, including the birth of Benjamin Siegel many, many years ago and so many other smachot that we've had in our uh, family. And we've been able to share it with you, our extended family, uh, on these airwaves. And last night, Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson became a very recently engaged couple. And we get an opportunity to say mazal tov, number one, to the uh, Siegel family and, of course, to the uh, Levinson family. Uh, of the five towns to um, Naomi and Stephen Levinson and their extended family. So that's uh, first and foremost, the Seagulls and Levinsons are celebrating. And then uh, second, we say Mazal Tov to uh, everybody who's tuned into this radio broadcast on a regular, semi-regular, or occasional basis because it's always incredible and amazing sharing smachot, sharing the good news with all of you and having it travel around the world uh, in this forum. So excellent, wonderful, and incredible news to wake up to. Again, last night, Benjamin Siegel, Kayla Levinson, they are officially engaged, and we say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And uh, like I said, I've had the opportunity to announce a lot of very special personal things on these airwaves over, uh, wow, over more than three and a half decades. And um, this is one I've always looked forward to sharing with this incredible audience. So Mazal Tov, and I will say thank you to all those who over the last 11 hours or so have extended Mazal Tov wishes to us via every form possible, whether it be social media or texting or WhatsApp or phone calls. Yeah, believe it or not, some people actually still make phone calls, emails, etc., etc. There are so many methods of communication these days at our fingertips, and many people took advantage and um, and made sure to hop on and wish us Mazal Tov uh, immediately. So thank you for that, and it's great to share this simcha with everybody around the world. The wedding coming up as Rat Hashem in August, and again to uh, Naomi and Stephen Levinson and the entire family, and uh, of course to um, uh, Kayla and Benjamin, and to my wonderful in-laws, the Weintraubs, and to all the grandparents on the Levins inside of the family, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Ah, 21 minutes before 7 o'clock on this very special Wednesday morning. You may have noticed that Oji Shama, those words, dominated the early part of our broadcast. All right, Baruch Chait, Eitan Katz, Lomo Katz, Kolach I with an Oji Shama dedicated to Stacy and myself 30 years ago for our wedding. 
um, written for that wedding. Derech Achim, Aspaklaria, of course, the great Rav Shlomo Kalbach, all of them with Ode Yishama selections following Regesh with Modani, which opens up our morning and uh, just incredible, just amazing, just unreal. It's a fantastic feeling and sharing it with everybody, as I say, is, uh, you know, just makes it so much sweeter and so much more extra special. And we've got a, um, we've got a wonderful extended Siegel family all around the world. Um, we were blessed, thank God, with uh, so many relatives, so many people who are in different places on this globe, but still feel connected uh, to us. And many of them have contacted us over the last, uh, like I say, 11 hours or so. So to all my wonderful cousins and second cousins and all the people that are sharing in the Simcha, Mazal Tov. And to everybody who keeps saying, to everybody who keeps saying, I remember the day Benjamin was born, I say, a lot of time has passed by, huh? <laughs> it's It's been a while. And uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, we, have, uh, we have been able to, to together go from one Simcha to the next over all of these years, over all of these decades. It's a Wednesday on this May 1st, the 26th of Nisan. Today is day number 11 in the counting of the Omer, one week and four days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 53 degrees with 79% humidity winds are south at 4 miles an hour. Afternoon showers with a high of 54 than tonight. Cloudy skies, a low of 50. Afternoon thunderstorms for Thursday with a high tomorrow, 72 degrees. Not bad at all. Right now, 83 in Yerushalayim. We have special regards for all of our wonderful friends and relatives in Israel for whom I stayed up very late last night because some of them I just had to speak to. <laughs> had to make sure that uh, we, were, we weren't uh, waking them up in the middle of the night. Although a couple of my friends in Israel did accuse me of that, of trying to wake them up in the middle of the night. Uh, Yerushalayim at 83. We're at 53 here in New York as we say good morning at JM in the AM. 18 minutes. Before 7 o'clock, good morning, Mazal Tov. It's a JM in the AM Wednesday. You're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da
Uh, Mordechai Shapiro with Machar. Ohad before that with Birkat HaOreach. Before that, a nice host of Odi Shama selections. Mazal Tov to Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson. Wednesday morning, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Do we have Galitzal in the background? Are we doing our news from Israel? Hmm. That's unusual that it's not... Not here in the background for us. We'll see if we can get it to, in fact, be there. But uh, oh, there we go. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Salam Yerushalayim, Asha Shtaim, Shalom Rav, Kan Rani Avnai, Yimash Kore Achshav. Erev Yom Azikaron LaShoah VeLaGvura Tavshin Ein Tet. Aliyah Shel Shlosha Asar Achutz BeMisbarat Akriot Alimot BeRachavei Olam. 
וחולה מדוח האנטישמיות שמפרסמים הקונגרס היהודי והאירופי ומרכז קנטור באוניברסיטת תל אביב. עוד עולה בדוח כי 13 יהודים נרצחו במהלך השנה. בארצות הברית נרשם מספר התקריות הגבוה ביותר, ואחריה בריטניה, צרפת וגרמניה. הפרופסור דינה פורט, ראש מרכז קנטור לחקר יהדות אירופה, וממחברות הדוח, אמרה לגלי צהל, אנחנו מודאגים מהעלייה במספר התקיפות נגד יהודים. קיבלנו חומר מכ-40 קהילות בעולם. למרבה הצער המסקנה היא שיש בין יהודים תחושה של אי-ביטחון. ומ-2015 יש גם מקרי רצח. מספר המקרים של התקפות על יהודים הוא הגדול ביותר מבין כל המקרים האלימים, והוא עלה בשנה האחרונה. המשא ומתן הקואליציוני, ראש הממשלה נתניהו ויושב ראש ישראל ביתנו אביגדור ליברמן נפגשו. כתבנו הפוליטי מיכאל האוזר טוב. הפגישה בין השניים התקיימה בלשכת ראש הממשלה והפעם היא התנהלה בין נתניהו לליברמן ולא בין צוותי המשא ומתן. כזכור, לפני כעשרה ימים שתי המפלגות קיימו פגישה בין הצוותים שלא הובילה להתקדמות משמעותית בסוגיית הליבה, חוק הגיוס, אותו ליברמן מתעקש להעביר ללא שום שינוי ונגד עמדת המפלגות החרדיות. ליברמן עצמו צפוי להמריא מאוחר יותר היום לביקור בחוץ לארץ. המשטרה תפצה קטינה שנאזקה במהלך חקירתה. עם הפרטים, כתבתנו לענייני משפט, מוריה אסרף. הקטינה נאזקה בחקירתה על אף שלא התפרעה ולא ניסתה להימלט. בית המשפט מתח ביקורת חריפה על המעשה ואמר כי יש להיזהר בכל מה שקשור לאיזוק שלא לצורך ולהקפיד שבעתיים כשמדובר בקטינים. המשטרה תפצה את החשודה במאות שקלים. משרד החוץ הרוסי מכחיש את טענות האמריקנים לשיתוף פעולה עם נשיא ונסואלה על רקע ניסיון ההפיכה בארצו וטוען מדובר במלחמת מידע, כתבת חדשות החוץ עמית חדד. משרד החוץ הרוסי הכחיש את דבריו של שר החוץ האמריקני מייק פומפאו וטען לא ניסינו לשכנע את נשיא ונסואלה ניקולס מדורו שלא לברוח מארצו עקב ניסיון ההפיכה. זאת לאחר שטען פומפאו כי מדורו התכוון לברוח לקובה עקב המחאות בוונסואלה, אך לא עשה זאת בשל התערבות הרוסים. עוד הוסיפה מוסקבה, מדובר במידע שקרי כחלק ממלחמת מידע שארצות הברית מנהלת נגדנו. סגירת מפעל חרסה בבאר שבע, גם היום ממשיכים עובדי המפעל לקיים הפגנות ממחאה על פיטוריהם. עשרות מהם הפגינו מול משרדי חמת באשדוד. שרגא ברוש, נשיא התאחדות התעשיינים, אמר לחטבתנו ניב יגור, הממשלה היא האחראית למצב של המפעלים. לצערנו אנחנו מתבשרים מדי שבוע על סגירת מפעלים, כאשר המכנה המשותף לכולם זה שבישראל אין ראש ממשלה שמודיע תעדיפו תעשייה ישראלית. אין כאן הבנה שחוט השדרה הייצורי חשוב מאין כמותו לפעילות המשקית, ובלי יצוא תעשייתי המשק הישראלי לא יוכל לצמוח. גבר בשנות ה-20 לחייו נפצע באורח בינוני ואחד עשר בני אדם נפצעו קל בתאונת דרכים בכביש 71 סמוך לחיל שטה שיטה. צוותי מד"א פינו את הפצועים לבית חולים העמק בעפולה. כתובנו קובי מנדל מציין שבעקבות התאונה קטע הכביש נחסם לתנועה בכיוון מזרח למערב ובכיוון ההפוך מורגש עומס כבד. מזג האוויר שרב. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Waking up, I'm living life, going places, so much strife Starting to think about what's gonna be Who knows, who cares, who dares to share a bit of what you feel inside Open up a little trust, cause we're all family Oh, 
Looking fine, feeling fly, all is good and I don't know why. Reality is hitting me with so much electricity. Been there, done that, it's all in the past. Worries for the future confusing me fast. Shine bright like a light, not a candle in the wind. Living in the moment, that's the only way to win. Thank 
FM in the AM. It's a Wednesday morning. Freedom comes from uh, eighth day off of the uh, album entitled Hula here at JMM. I mean, beneath Sim, it's of course Yaakov Shweki. Hold on, part of the Waterbury album here at JM in the AM. It's Wednesday, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. Day 11, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Day number 11 and a quarter after the hour. Mazal Tov to Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson. Last night, they became a, a very recently engaged couple. Mazel tov to uh, the amazing Stacy Siegel, mother of the groom. <laughs> and uh, mazel tov to uh, Naomi and Stephen Levinson from Out in the Five Towns. It is, uh, it is great to celebrate with wonderful people. And in this case, it is great to celebrate with all of you as well. Thanks to everybody out there for all the beautiful wishes coming via the NSN app and via email and via WhatsApp and via text and all the other methods of communication that we seem to have these days. Mazal Tov. Thank you, listener Moshe. Thank you, listener Hana. Thank you, Morris. Thank you, listener Sandy. Thank you, Silky, who also gets, I think Silky gets a Mazal Tov, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you, Trucker Yitz. Thank you to the Sprechers. Thank you to everybody who's been posting on the app this morning. Mazal Tov wishes it is much appreciated. Uh, believe me, we appreciate it very, very much. And I thank you all for tuning in and for being part of uh, yet another great experience that we could share with this worldwide audience. So extra special, so amazing. And again, we thank you. 53 degrees, afternoon showers, and a high temperature of 54. 16 minutes after the hour, plenty coming up. We're going to be speaking with the mayor of Bal Harbor, Florida, coming up here at JMAM. And also Rifki Kleiman, Author of uh, Simply Gourmet is scheduled to join us in hour number three this morning, so we'll do that. And plenty more, of course, if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday, Mazel Tov to Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson. As of last night, a very recently engaged couple. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Thanks, everybody, who's tossing in Mazel Tov wishes 
via every avenue possible. <laughs> it's greatly appreciated. Wednesday morning, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. Day 11, one week and four days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Mordechai ben David with Va'ani. Kedai, Dambayakov, Shweki, Shlomo Simcha, and Simintov, Umazeltov. Benny Friedman had bum-bum freedom from eighth day. 53 degrees, afternoon showers, a high 54. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechenishmas Arav Zebin of Alevi, and Zechenishmas Esther Basar of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser. Oh, one second. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. I would like to give today's Morning Chizuk in honor of the engagement of Binyamin Siegel to Kayla Levinson. It is a great simcha for Klal Yisrael. We wish Reb Nachum Siegel, our host, his Eishas Chayel, Stacy, and the Levinson Mishpacha, Nachas Le'orech Yomim Tovim, may the Chupa be Tovim Mutzlachas in an auspicious time, and may they see Nachas for long, good, and healthy years. We learn, Asoran Nisyonos Nisnasa Avram Avinu, that there were ten trials and tribulations that Avram went through. The Mishnah tells us it wasn't until Avram Avinu passed the final test that Hashem Yisbarach considered that Avram Avinu was the true Eved Hashem. However, the Akedis Yitzchok asked, why is it that if Avram Avinu wouldn't have passed the final test, then all of the others would not really have mattered? And he answered, because all of the earlier tests made spiritual sense to him. However, when it came to the test of sacrificing his only son, of the Akedas Yitzchok, that did not make sense, because it was beyond his understanding, beyond the understanding of mortal man. The passing of this test proved the reality of all the earlier ones. It is not the tests that we can understand that make us great in life. It's the tests that are beyond our comprehension, that show our true greatness, our Amunah and Hashem, our complete faith, which allows us to go against nature and meet even the toughest challenges in life. We as a people have been gifted by Hashem with a special fortitude to reach our goals in this world. Hashem calls B'nai Yisrael an Am Kisheyoref, a stiff-necked people. The famed tzaddik in our times, Rabbi Aryeh Levine, asked how is it possible that Moshe Rabbeinu could call B'nai Yisrael such a derogatory name. Moshe constantly tried to defend B'nai Yisrael and intercede on our behalf. Rabbi Levine explains that Am Kisheoref means that we have direct stubbornness for Avodos Hashem. We have an iron will determination when it comes to improve and strive for spiritual perfection. We have the ability to be so fiercely determined, even when not quite understanding why it is that we are so challenged. It's fascinating that in the daylight, when we can see everything clearly, the first words after our declaration of faith, the Krishma, are MSVatsiv, true and firm. We positively confirm this fact. However, in the nighttime, when it's difficult to see things clearly and the going may be a bit rough, the first words after the Kriyashma are MS Ve'emuna. Because in darker times, at those times when the Golos really gets to us, it takes a great deal 
of emuna, of faith. It says in Tehillim, You have given us a banner to those that fear you so that it may be displayed. The Hebrew word nes can also mean test. For when a person passes a nisayon, a challenge in life, it shows that they proudly carry the banner of Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. and I thanks Rabbi Goldwasser. And it was amazing sharing the news with Rabbi Goldwasser and Rabbi Yudin last night and so many other wonderful rabbinic leaders who are a part of our family and part of our, uh, of our mission uh, over all these years. It was great sharing the news with them last night. And thank you to Rabbi Goldwasser for dedicating those words to the brand new Chatan and Kala, the brand new Chassan and Kala, Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson. It is uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. That is for sure. Wednesday morning, JM in the AM, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. Well, <coughs> excuse me, can a, can a leader, can a mayor of, a, um, of a, uh, a town, a city of a few thousand people have a major influence uh, on this world? And uh, the answer is yes. And with that in mind, it is a pleasure and really an honor to welcome uh, the mayor of Bal Harbor, Florida, uh, Gabriel Groisman, who's a lawyer and a writer and a speaker. But he is a mayor who has uh, started a trend in the United States that, thank God, has really become an active trend. And we'll explain in a moment. Mayor Gabe Groisman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Good morning. You know, my late father used to say that no matter what position you're in, even if it seems, you know, small or not as large as some of the other things that, you know, the others are involved with, uh, I don't know, you know, in this case we could say, for example, you know, major, uh, mayor of a city of 10 million, uh, no matter what uh, position one is in, one can do right, one can do justice. And you, Mayor Gabriel Groisman, um, you wrote and passed the nation's first municipal anti-BDS ordinance in December of 2015. And I am sure you are aware that in the last four years since you've done that, many municipalities, many cities, and frankly, many state legislatures have followed suit. That must be a pretty great feeling for you. Yeah, it's a, look, it's, it's a great feeling, and it's not it's not just me involved in this. There's a, there's a, there's a group of us, a small group of us, um, that have really dedicated our whatever free time we have. And I, and I say that with a little star next to it because they're, they're, we never have free time. Uh, but uh, to really trying to spread this, and we, we, we saw from the beginning that the BDS movement really isn't about uh, even Israel or even any economic boycott. It was always about pure, pure and simple anti-Semitism. And unfortunately, uh, everybody is now starting to see it and starting to react. The ordinance that you started with back in 2015, was it purely symbolic? Did it have some type of real legal structure to it? How would you describe it? Yeah, no, it wasn't symbolic at all. It was, uh, it was practical. So, so the, the, what the ordinance said is that, the, and this is the form of most of these ordinances and state legislation, state laws now in 27 states, is that to enter into a uh, into a contract with the government? In, in my case, the municipality, you have to you have to uh, sign a declaration as part of the contract and warrant that you're not part of the boycott um, or divestment of any authorized trading partner of the United States, states including Israel. 
Um, and, you know, it's been refined over the years not to include individuals, not to include small companies. It needs to go only to corporations of certain sizes. Uh, but but the reason we did it was because the United Church of Christ, the UCC um, church, had just uh, instituted a nationwide boycott and divestment of Israel and right. any company doing business in Israel. Right. And in our city, we have a UCC church. Um, and I knew they, they wanted to enter. Uh, they were planning on on expanding their church, which would require a, a contract with the city. So uh, the state of South Carolina had just passed the first state anti-BDS law, which was slightly different, uh, but I decided I can turn that into a city ordinance and uh, and see if I can make an impact with that church. And luckily, uh, the, it's a long story, but the, the short of it is after a long discussion with the church and as a result of the law that was in place or the ordinance that was in place, our church, the UCC Church of Ball Harbor, stood up, which is really unheard of, to their parent church and wrote back a public letter signed by their entire board rejecting and repudiating uh, the call to boycott and divest from Israel. And they put their money where their mouth is when they uh, took out every dollar. They had over $2.9 million in the UCC's investment fund, which had proudly divested from Israel. They removed every single one of those dollars from that investment fund and put it just into an index fund to be compliant with with our ordinance. Mayor Gabe Groisman's with us. He's the mayor of Bal Harbor. As we said, when it comes to municipalities, he was the first, the first municipal anti-BDS ordinance back in December of 2015. I mean, look, your associations are pretty obvious. Uh, you know, you're working uh, or volunteering, might be more accurate, with the FIDF and, and many organizations that are so important to Israel and to people who care about Israel. Is it easy through these processes that you just described to find out who are friends and who are foes? Is, does it become very obvious who, who would like to use uh, um, uh, who would like to use the law or, or you know the um, um, the ordinances uh, to help Israel, and who would prefer if uh, things went the other way? So look, we're amongst friends on this show. The the the, the reality is that there is opposition both from outside the Jewish community and from inside the Jewish community. Many Jews in the United States and in the diaspora would prefer that the Jewish community remain silent and remain quiet and not respond to the rise of anti-Semitism and not, not shine a light on the bigots and the, and the, and the anti-Semites in our society, uh, the argument being that all we're doing is drawing attention to them. Um, but but that's, not, that's, that's not how I was brought up, and, and, you know, and I, I believe that Sunshine is the best disinfectant, and I think we need to we need to shine a light on the anti-Semites, on the BDS movement, um, on bigotry at large, and and um, you know in, in taking all these actions, I, I hear it from uh, I hear I hear it from not only the, the anti-Semites, those are obvious, um, but also from people within the Jewish community, which unfortunately now they're seeing I think that uh, that that a more a stronger approach is what's necessary. I understand that. Um, we still have a significant Jewish community in Bal Harbor. Yeah, absolutely. So Bal Harbor is interesting. Until the early '80s, uh, Jews couldn't even buy single-family homes in Bal Harbor. They all had deeds on them that said you couldn't sell to uh, anyone with more than one fourth blood uh, Jewish blood. We, we, and we all know where that formula came from. Yeah. But our rabbi, our rabbi, Rabbi Salman Lister, was actually the first to buy a home in the uh, in the community. Which was, yeah. And, and, and the reason I ask, uh, it's probably obvious to everybody, um, is because uh, in light of what happened last Shabbat, 
in California. It, it has got. I mean, look, you're a leader. You're a leader of of, of Jews and uh, Gentiles, obviously, and, and you're a leader of different communities in Bell Harbor. It must must frighten you to an extent, and you must feel, you know, that you have to over prepare in terms of houses of worship and how to protect them at a time like this. Well, I can tell you that we didn't start in Bell Harbor. Uh, we didn't start protecting our synagogues and the Jewish community walking to and from the synagogues this weekend. We've been doing it for a long time, um, and, and um, we do it in conjunction with the FBI and different different uh, counterintelligence units, and we really take it seriously. We always have. Um, but, I, but I think that it, it's important uh, for, for the Jewish community to realize that uh, – we no longer are a community that needs to cower in fear. Um, and whether there's an attack one week or not, um, you know, we have to be strong. We have to be a strong community. And we need the community outside to understand that the Jewish community is no longer the Jewish community that, that, uh, that, that, that's full of sheep. And we're, we are, we're a strong Jewish community, both physically um, and also with regards to our connections with the law enforcement and with the, with the government. We live in a great country in the United States, and there's great relationships all over the country with law enforcement agencies and synagogues. And I urge all synagogues, everyone's worried about hiring private security guards. If you can't afford to hire a private security guard, you need to call your city. You need to call your police chief. They will be very receptive and be out there protecting the community. Well, the, um, the, the Jewish pride and the Jewish will with which you speak uh, is just amazing, and it's much appreciated. Uh, mayor Gabe Groisman, he is the mayor of Bal Harbor down in Florida. Um, as, as, as the BDS battle continues, he is certainly regarded as one of the heroes of the anti-BDS legislation. And that's one of the reasons we asked him to join us this morning. Mayor Groisman, a big, big <clears throat> regards to all of our listeners and friends down in Bal Harbor. And I thank you very much for all your incredible work on behalf of the Jewish people. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. There he is, the mayor of Bal Harbor, Florida. We commend him for really being one of the leaders in the anti-BDS fight on a legislative level, which is so important, and he described why. Pretty incredible. 12 minutes before 8 o'clock. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Asher Barra done by Eitan Katz. We're trying to dominate the morning with the wedding selections after the big announcement last night. Mazal Tov again to Benjamin Siegel and to Kayla Levinson. Oh, my gosh. Listen to Ralph just wrote Mazal Tov to Stacy and myself on Benjamin's engagement from Poland. He's in Poland right now. Thank you, Ralph. And Schwiger wrote a nice uh, <laughs> Schwiger. That's a nickname, folks. It's not my Schwiger. Uh, she wrote a nice Mazda wish on the app. Thank you for that. Uh, last night, Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson became a very recently engaged couple. It's an, uh, amazing to share this news with this wonderful audience, as I said earlier in the show. And if you missed the early part of the show, that's when that's when I'm really exhausted and, and really speaking from the heart. So <laughs> you should listen to it during the uh, when you have a chance uh, when you have a chance to go to the archives later. Uh, but I will tell you that. Um, it's been amazing over these three and a half decades to share so many occasions with this audience, especially the good ones. And a lot of them have involved Benjamin Siegel. You heard about his birth here. You certainly heard about his bar mitzvah here. And now you've heard about his engagement to Kayla Levinson, Mazal Tov to Stacy, the mother of the groom, Mazal Tov to um, Naomi and Stephen Levinson out in the five towns. Um, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Bezrat Hashem will be married in August. And uh, we are very much looking forward to the big celebration. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, Rifki Kleiman is with us live via telephone on the 21st of May. Her brand-new book, Simply Gourmet, is going to be available in stores around the world. Um, today, right now, you can pre-order the brand new cookbook, Simply Gourmet, uh, by going to uh, Art Scroll to the Art Scroll website, artscroll.com. They have a uh, link there. You could pre-order it this second, literally. You could do the same thing on Amazon. You could pre-order it, and you'll have it in plenty of time for Shavuos. And uh, you'll be if you order it today, you will be uh, you'll be in that group 
of people that has the latest and greatest cookbook out there. Rifki Kleiman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me this morning. Uh, it's great to have you on the air, and this is how you were described to us. You were described to us as the person responsible for the Base Yaakov cookbook, uh, a person who writes about cooking for Mishpacha magazine, and somebody who appears with our wonderful friends on kosher.com. You've got quite a cooking resume out there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, at what point did you decide that uh, it's time to release a hardcover cookbook? Um, I would have to say this is something that's been, people have been bugging me for quite some time. Um, I had different followers, whether it was from Mishpachar or people who had read the Beis Yaakov cookbook that I had done in collaboration with a friend of mine. And they were like, Rifki, it is time you do your own. And honestly, I had my food stylist was really one person who very much was the impetus where we were doing a photo shoot for family table, and she came over to me and she says, Rifki, you are writing a cookbook, and I am styling it for you. <laughs> and that is the way it happened. The rest is history, as they say. Correct. What, what is, is there a way to describe to people like myself who really you know, don't know the topic that well? I think, I think this audience knows that. Uh, the Base Yaakov cookbook, why did it make such an impact? There's a million cookbooks out there. You know that, and you see what the cookbook section at any Judaica store looks like these days. W what personality or what uh, what feature did the Base Yaakov cookbook have that, that, that shot it to the top of the charts? So I think that's actually a really good question, and I'll tell you honestly, when we sat down the first day when we were meeting to decide what niche – we wanted to try to hit what type of a audience we wanted to target. Our thoughts were, we want to do real food, good food, and food that works. And that was really our thoughts, and Baruch Hashem, we were really able to accomplish that. And I do believe that that is the secret to the success. Hmm. So you, you sort of followed your food heart, and it, <laughs> it ended up guiding you in the right direction, I guess. Yes, thank you. It basically sounds like you went with your instinct in terms of you know just putting good food on the table, and look what happened. You had a good cookbook. Um, so what? So who's the audience now? You sit down to put together Simply Gourmet. There's a lot of recipes in this. I mean, I'm looking at the table of contents. We're talking about a really you know a book chock full of uh, recommendations. Uh, what's the audience now? Is it? Uh, is there a target? Is there a theme for this one? I would definitely say I still have stayed very true to myself. And the name really very much signifies what we're about, Simply Gourmet. Um, I grew up in a home where my mother, I think, was very much ahead of herself, where it wasn't so unvogue to be a foodie. But my mother loved variations. She loved playing around in the kitchen and was always turning out incredible dinners. And I didn't even realize that I was possibly eating differently than a lot of my friends until all of them always wanted to come over to me for supper. And um, I just kind of followed along her lead when I first got married. And I, too, very much enjoy testing and playing and tweaking. And that was kind of, you know, where I began. You know, but you, you just stumbled upon a really interesting observation, and that is that at some point, at one point, I should say, in the Jewish world, foodie was not always the most complimentary term, you know? Correct. <laughs> and these days, it's like you're of a certain status if you're considered a real foodie. <laughs> Correct. 
correct. I probably would have been considered very old-fashioned, but I've been known to quip for many a time already, for a very long time, that you can find me. I'm a very busy girl, but you can always find me between one of my two offices, my kitchen or my car. <laughs> so, <laughs> Those are the two places you operate from. Exactly. Uh, Rifke Kleiman's with us. Her book's about to be released. It'll be uh, on the 21st of May. You could pre-order it right now at artscroll.com and on Amazon. It's called Simply Gourmet. And there's something to the title because both the word simple and the word gourmet are both in the title. And obviously, not everyone associates one with the other. Correct. And I do believe that we have been able to accomplish that with this book. I know that everyone's lives are so fast-paced. People want instant gratification and... With that in mind, I developed a really funky concept, which we were able to pull through, where I developed simple suppers, suppers that do not take more than 10 minutes total prep. I was very, very strict with my criteria, and they are on your table in anywhere between 25 minutes to under an hour. And you can do these dinners, and you're not just putting out a simple supper, but it's something that you'll be so proud of. It's something that you can use as a dinner, and it's nice enough to even be served for an occasion, whether it's a Shabbos, a Yontif, or just something special. And by the way, you spread the net very wide, and what I mean is you have a lot of both Ashkenazic and Sephardic dishes. You have a lot of regular and locale dishes. It sounds like when you write about being a complete culinary collection, Simply Gourmet is trying to really you know, get to every part of the community. Very, very much so. Thank you. I'm glad that you noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely try to hit all types of cuisine. Um, Isn't it funny and, how so many of these cuisines have really crossed their crossed their boundaries? And you know, we're enjoy we in the Ashkenazi community are enjoying so many Sephardic dishes these days. And obviously, I would assume the opposite is going on as well. It's very interesting how that you know, has sort of blended together uh, to our community as a whole. Absolutely. It reminds me of A.B. Rottenberg's song, Spashkin. Right. Very good, yes. <laughs> you don't realize how one tradition is drifting into the other, huh? Yeah, and I believe that the world has also become that much smaller. Right. Travel has become that much more accessible, and people have had the opportunities to taste and, you know, different types of cuisine and incorporate them in their lifestyle. You have a big team of taste testers, by the way, that helped you with the book. Yeah. Thank God. They were Absolutely awesome. And I see the Sandhouse family was extremely helpful as well. Yeah, listen, <laughs> nothing like family. I got to tell you, they're a rough crew to get through, and, you know, nobody was being, you know, nice. If it was awesome, we got a, that was awesome, or that was the best dish I've ever tasted. And if it needed tweaking, oh, yeah, we worked it. <laughs> and the reason I uh, single out the Sandhouse family is because... Uh, even though neither of us would want to admit it, we know each other for about 45 years. So, so I, wanted, I wanted to make sure to point that out. Rifke Kleiman is with us. The photography in the book is done by Moshe Williger. It's called Simply Gourmet. It's going to be out on the 21st of May, but it's available right now for pre-order, which means plenty of time if you want to do something different and special for Shavuos, right? You would say that you could you could certainly uh, seek out at least a, a certain number of great recipes for the upcoming Yontif, right? Absolutely. I would say you can make your entire menu with it. Oh, very cool. Now, what have you done here? You've, you, you've created a, uh, a system in your book um, which depends on the number of pieces of cutlery are pictured next to the recipe. What is that all about? Um, I very much wanted to make the cookbook very user-friendly and very reader-friendly for the home cook. The cutlery depicts how the difficulty of each recipe. 
if there's only one spoon, it depicts that it is really simple, not a lot of steps, one, two, three on your table. If it's got two, it's generally still very easy, but sometimes might incorporate a couple more steps before you get it on your table. Once again, still simple, definitely gourmet, but, you know, maybe a little bit more labor than the simple, simple. And the third one is one of two things. Either it's just more labor-intensive, for example, if you're working with a yeast dough. So you have to make your dough. You have to rest your dough. You have to roll out your dough. you got to fill your dough. you got to shape it and then bake it. So that got a level three difficulty, but you're really not going to find very many of the level three difficulty throughout the cookbook. So, for instance, the pulled beef nachos with peach salsa, which would be intimidating for a uh, novice chef like myself, it's only two pieces of cutlery. You're considering that a pretty easy dish to prepare. It really is, because if you're going to make the pulled beef, honestly, as, as a novice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to go and try it, because all you got to do is mix a couple of ingredients together, smear it over your meat, cover it, pop it in your oven, and then two and a half hours later, voila, deliciousness on your plate. <laughs> Why is that pulled beef? You, you know how much the, the pulled beef has become such a big favorite in our community. I mean, my gosh. It is such a great dish. I I will be honest, that took a lot of thought on my part. I was kind of like, pulled beef is still so popular, and honestly, I think it's here to stay. I don't think that pulled beef is something that's going to disappear because it's just that good. It's that versatile. You can make it into an appetizer. You can, instead of pulling it, slice it, and there you have yourself a nice dinner. Um, You can put it on a sandwich. I mean, the... It, it, it's endless what you can do with pulled beef. When did so, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, so I was just going to say, instead of doing a flatbread or a pizza, which is right. so popular, and I absolutely adore them, I was trying to think of either the people who wanted to withhold the carbs and also wanted to try to come up with a creative way to still keep pulled beef, you know, with, within our, on our tables. And I came up with this concept of the nachos where you can make your own little nacho chips out of whole wheat tortillas. And that's something that is so versatile. You can use it with a soup. You can use it if you're eating your eggs and liver on Shabbos. It's, it, it, they're delicious. And, again, that's why you got the level two of difficulty because it's steps. You're making the tortilla, you're making the pulled beef, and then you're making a salsa. But between you and me, if what you really like and what your focus is pulled beef, go for it. I'll give it a number one then. <laughs> one of the one of the uh, easy ones in your in your reference guide is the meatballs and zoodles. When did these zucchini noodles become so popular? Um, I would have to say that zoodles and zoodling has become very popular in the last three to five years. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful alternative for the people who would like to be carb free, and zucchini is. So versatile and delicious, it virtually takes on any flavor that you can imagine. So it was just a, a really uh, natural pairing for me. And you put Moroccan lamb chili in the easiest category? Yeah, that's one of those just dump-and-go type of dinners. Wow. It, you could use that as dinner, as an appetizer. It's really simple and easy. Pretty cool. Plus, you have a guide in terms of substitutions. These days, people are you know, getting recipes from everywhere. So, you know, when they see buttermilk and they want to use something, uh, um, and they want to use something, um, uh, you know, non-dairy, or they see a certain type of vinegar or an ingredient somewhere that may either not be kosher or may not be able, you know, to, to, to suit. Or something that's 
they just don't stock in their house or right. ran out of. So you have great guides in terms of what you could substitute for that. Does your uh, does your dessert section include some good dairy desserts? I keep focusing on the upcoming holiday. Absolutely, absolutely, and there is a fabulous cheesecake. It's one of my pride and joys. I'm known in Mishpacha magazine every year. People wait for their <laughs> brand new Rifki Kleiman cheesecake that's coming out. And don't worry, we will not disappoint. They will get one this year. But um, I chose one of my real all-time favorites. I'm a serious chocoholic, and it is my white chocolate cheesecake that is just serious. Wow. <laughs> Can I tell you which one struck my fancy when I saw it? Yes, was the, it the no-baked cheesecake balls? No, the mini apple and blueberry crisps. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yes, they are so... You, you. I see, you're claiming not to be a foodie, but you have a very keen eye, and I bet you... I'm not a you foodie, would be but... a good tester. I'm not a foodie, <laughs> but I've got a sweet tooth. Simple as that. There you go. Those so custard, Those custard fruit tarts and the macadamia caramel tart look amazing. You got the chocolate mousse tart, which is that that. And by the way, people do eat with their eyes. The photography in the book looks fantastic. Moshi is an absolute artist. His, I, I literally, we used to coin a phrase that we wanted certain pictures that we said they're scratch and sniff. <laughs> it was oh, like halavai, halavai, halavai. Yes. And on the subject of again stuff you put in the easy category. Creme brulee can be in the easiest category. To me, when I eat creme brulee, it seems like it takes, I don't know, a lot of ingenuity to prepare a dish like that. Honestly, it's a very simple dish. The difficulty is more in, I would say, as the developer, to make sure that you get the right amount of creaminess and the consistency holds together. Putting it together is as simple as Whisking a couple of ingredients over heat until it thickens, not even that much, and then baking it in a water bath, which, you know, that might sound daunting, but literally all it is is putting your little ramekins into a bowl, putting a little bit of water around it, and obviously just a little bit because you don't want the water to get into the dessert, and then you bake it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Rifki Kleiman, she's got uh, a brand new cookbook coming out on the 21st of May. You could pre-order it this moment, literally, at artscroll.com and on Amazon. It's called Simply Gourmet. Simply Gourmet, a complete culinary collection for all your kosher cooking. A great section of starters and lunch and dinner options, salads and soups, fish and poultry, plenty of meat dishes, great side dishes as well, plus some of those desserts that we mentioned, and a lot of great baked goods. It really does run the gamut in terms of um, every area of the meal that you want to prepare. Plus, um, uh, of course, we said the uh, the identity guide that tells you the level of difficulty for each dish. That's extremely helpful as well. Simply Gourmet, Rifki Kleiman, as we said, described to us as the editor of the Beis Yaakov Cookbook, someone who writes for Mishpacha Magazine, as you heard, is preparing a great Shuas recipe for them for the uh, upcoming uh, holiday issue. Plus, of course, she appears on kosher.com, where we have some amazing friends and she's one of the people that is featured there. Uh, Rifki, anything you'd like to add about this uh, creation of a cookbook? I'm just, talking to you. I am getting so excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost feeling like I'm nesting. You know, maybe I got to go out and get some receiving blankets. That baby is due soon. Twenty first of May, I hear, is the due date. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you think Mrs. Sandhouse is going to make you uh, bake a cheesecake for us before Yuntiv? You think that's going to happen? You know what? I'm going to put in a special order for you. 
I think you just might get something. After special. forty, after forty-five years, I feel I have the chutzpah to uh, to toss that out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. You send regards. Uh, send my best regards. All of our best regards to your family and Mazal Tov on this. And yes, we'll wait till the uh, we'll wait till the actually uh, birth date of the book to wish <laughs> to wish you a proper Mazal Tov. That's going to be on May 21st, everybody. When uh, Simply Gourmet is released to the public. Rifki Kleiman is the author with photography by Mike Schwilliger. And again, you could order it right this moment. And if you want a cookbook, Chuck really runs the gamut of every area of the meal. And as, as I said earlier, every diverse group of the community, including people who are trying to go low calorie. They've got uh, everything in here uh, prepared by uh, Rifki Kleiman. Check it out. It's Simply Gourmet. You can go to artscroll.com right now. Look for Simply Gourmet. And of course, you could do that on Amazon as well. Obviously a great gift as the wedding season approaches and you want to know what to uh, get the young couple who might want a great cookbook. And uh, obviously as uh, summer approaches and so many people have a few extra hours during the summer to do a little reading and to improve on their cooking skills. Rifki, best regards and congratulations. And uh, we'll remind everybody on the 21st to go out and get it in the stores. Okay, thank you so much, Nachum, for having me again, and best of luck to you. Appreciate that. Simply Gourmet, Rifki Kleiman on a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. שיצא לקראת קלתו עם ישראל. אנחנו מוכנים, מחכים. כמה זמן אפשר לחכות? חתן, בוא נלך לחופה. יותר טוב להיות שמח. Hashem Yisevorech Ulemazel Toi Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-
Oh, 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 oh,
J.M. in the A.M. Aryeh Kunstler, me mama Kim. Sandy had me a dear. Dedicate that to the Chatan and Kala. Avrem, Avram Free, Rilachim Banefesh, and the wedding medley, which we're dedicating, of course, this morning to Benjamin Siegel and um, Kayla Levinson. On the uh, big Simcha Mazal Tov to the recently engaged couple. From all of us here at JM and the AM. Pretty amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. Wednesday morning, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. If you got to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. More coming up. Again, Mazalta of Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson. Oh, I wanted to remind everybody, tonight is, and we should keep this in mind, tonight is Yom HaShoah. Tonight is Yom HaShoah. 7 o'clock tonight at Congregation Shari Shalom on Dogwood Avenue in West Hempstead. Uh, Rabbi Joe Potasnik is keynote speaker for Yom HaShoah, hosted by a, a bunch of several, a bunch of Nassau County organizations. Again, it's happening at Shari Shalom on Dogwood Avenue in West Hempstead, starting at 7 p.m. tonight. Also, Yom HaShoah for the Five Towns community at Beth Shalom, 390 Broadway in Lawrence, featuring Fania Gottesfeld Heller, a keynote address by Judith Alter Kalman, child survivor and author of Candle in the Heart. Musical presentation by the Halb 5th Grade Choir, directed by Sandy Shmueli, who we just played. Video presentation by Hafter Middle School, Names Not Numbers. It's all happening tonight at 7.30 at the Congregation Beth Shalom in Lawrence. Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills at 7.30 tonight. Yom HaShoah commemoration with Rabbi Steve Przanski on the topic of the Holocaust, the darkness and the light. That's happening tonight, 7.30 at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. And uh, Gideon Taylor, who was with us yesterday, he'll speak tonight at the Fairlawn Jewish Center beginning at 6.30. Uh, he's World Jewish Restitution Organization Chair of uh, Operations, and he will speak at their Yom HaShoah gathering at the Fairlawn Jewish Center tonight. Also, remember that um, on Thursday, starting at 12.45 p.m., this coming Thursday at 12.45 in the afternoon, My Italian Secret an inspiring, fascinating film documentary commemorating the brave Italian citizens who helped save thousands of Jews in the nation from Nazi extermination is happening at the Jassa Club 76, 120 West 76th Street in Manhattan. It's free admission. It's My Italian Secret, 1245 showing this coming Thursday at 120 West 76th Street. Information 212-712-0170, 0170 for information on that. And don't forget, Wednesday night, a week from tonight, Rabbi Menachem Liebtag, an amazing lecturer at the Mizrahi, Apollo Mizrahi, the Lower East Side, in honor of Yom Atzma'ut, um, 
Try your hardest to be there at 249 East Broadway. Yomatsmot Celebration Ride, Menachem Liebtag. We are very, very much looking forward to it. Mark your calendars, come out and celebrate and hear an amazing lecture. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Oh, 
Thank 
Middle of an amazing music set from Ohad, Birchat HaChupa, and now Birchat HaBanim. Mazel Tov to Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson, a very recently engaged couple. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. I also wanted to mention that our dear friend uh, Milt Feldman is in a very, very serious health situation. Milt, we are thinking of you. We are playing your favorite songs on a Wednesday at JM in the AM.
JM and the AM, the amazing Ohad. We're getting ready to celebrate in August, but we're celebrating already because the engagement is official. Mazal Tov to Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson, to Stacy Siegel and to um, and to uh, Naomi and Stephen Levinson out in the five towns, and to the extended families, and to all of our families, and to everybody in our JM and the AM Nachum Siegel Network family, to everybody who is celebrating this morning. Mazal tov. What an amazing feeling. Just incredible. And I'm glad that that we could celebrate together and that we could be um, together on such special occasions. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Reminder, tomorrow is Yom HaShoah. We, of course, will have appropriate programming here at JM and the AM. Achenu B'Yisrael and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, on the AlchemSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a big Wednesday engagement edition of JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty more tomorrow, and, of course, plenty coming up now on the AlchemSegal Network. Bite Size with Yoni Pollock will feature Fun in Jerusalem's Joanna Shebson, Speaking with Yona Kobo from Yad Vashem's new digital exhibit. And Tova from Tova Talks will speak with Shoshana Goldist from iConnect. It's all happening now between 9 and 11 Eastern Time. And then Avrami follows with a live lunch between 11 and 1 p.m. Eastern Time, all here on NSN. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.